This is Greg Olson, and I'm thrilled to introduce my new podcast, TE1. TE1 will chronicle a 60-year evolution of the tight end position, from its origins as an obscure, overlooked blocking role to the versatile superstar position that it is today. I'll explore the evolution of the position through conversations with some of the all-time game-changing tight ends. And just like the incredible tight ends we sit down with on my new show, the Chevy Silverado is in a league of its own. This truck is all about grit, strength, and dependability. The same attributes it takes to be a tight end. Blue Wire. With the first pick in the 2009 NFL Draft, the Detroit Lions select Matthew Stafford. Welcome to another episode of The Michael Rothstein Show. I'm your host, as always, Michael Rothstein. Check out our sponsors, Bet Online, Regents Field, NFLSundayTicket.tv, and DoorDash. So guess what, y'all? We made it. Later today, depending on when you listen to this podcast, there will be NFL football on your television. That's right. Believe it, the NFL season is actually here. And I will be the first one to admit I am at least mildly surprised that it's gotten to this point, that it's going to actually happen. I had my skepticism, I think as anyone who listened to this podcast knows, I did not anticipate training camp going as well as it did. I still think there will be bumps in the road as they go here, especially as teams travel, as the weather gets colder, as it is here in Michigan, and it's heading into the mid to lower 60s and into the 50s and getting into 40s at night where it's going to start to be allergy season and soon enough cold and flu season, unfortunately. But we're here. Patrick Mahomes is going to take the field tonight. Deshaun Watson is going to take the field tonight. And it's going to be a fascinating game to watch. I think it's going to be potentially a playoff preview down the road. But the NFL season, it's upon us. I'm super excited about this. Like I said, I didn't necessarily think it was going to happen. Didn't think it was necessarily going to get here. But here we are. And I hope you're excited. But imagine you're excited if you're listening to this podcast And here we go. So today's show, typically on Thursdays, we will have an interview with an opposing beat writer. That way you can learn as much as you can about the team that the Lions are playing that week. And hopefully we'll give you some fantasy advice and we'll kind of focus on that on normal Thursdays. That will now happen on Friday this week because with it being the opening of the season, Wanted to hit you with a little bit of both of a Detroit Lions preview and an NFL preview overall for how I see things maybe playing out here in the 2020 NFL season, both for the Lions and in the league in general. Figure if I do this on Friday, it won't necessarily count as much because there will be already be a game in the book. So freezing cold takes, get ready. 
freezing hot takes, which don't is not a thing that exists. Get ready also because we're going to have some hot takes and we're going to have some takes that could really end up being embarrassing for us here at the end of the season. And although I don't imagine it'll be quite as bad as last season was when I thought the Lions would go 10 and 6, I completely bought in to what they were trying to sell and they ended up being 312 and 1. Now granted some of that had to do with Matthew Stafford's injury, but still I'm not going to say I learned my lesson because every other year I had been pretty low on the Lions going in and they had been mediocre at best. But let's just start here and we'll start with the Lions and we'll hit some Lions stuff before the break and then we'll get into the NFL stuff after the break. But I'll start with this. Who is the Lions MVP this season? I think this, people will say this is a cop-out answer, but I also think it is the answer that ends up being accurate if the Lions are going to have any success, and that is Matthew Stafford. As we all know, before he got injured last season, he was on pace for 5,000 yards, well, like 4,998 yards, so basically a 5,000-yard season, which would have been the second 5,000-yard season of his career, and he looked as sharp as he's ever been. If you've listened to this podcast at all, you know that I believe he has looked good almost all of training camp. He's had good connection with Kenny Galladay, with Marvin Jones, with Danny Amendola, and with TJ Hawkinson. And those are going to be his top four targets for the year. So everything looks really good for Matthew Stafford. Now, of course, the question will be, is that because their offense is potentially really good? Or is their defense maybe that bad? Is the combination of maybe Desmond Trufant and Amari Amani Awarie and or Jeff Okuda at corner just not up to par? Or is Stafford still turning into one of the top 10 quarterbacks in the league? The answer is both of those questions might be yes. But Matthew Stafford, if he's able to put together a season even like 90% of what he did last year, that's going to be an incredibly impressive year and it will lead to good things for Stafford and frankly, probably at least another Pro Bowl berth and anything else beyond that I think would be based off of the Lions' success as a team overall. So that would be who my MVP would be. My most surprising player this season is going to be Julian Okwara. And sure, he's already dealing with injuries, don't know how much he's going to play here early on. He's been battling some stuff early on in camp, throughout camp. He was on the injury list on Wednesday. So it's a little bit of a, a gamble to pick him, but I think once he's able to get on the field, he's shown really good pass rush moves. He's shown really good speed. He'll have some value on special teams as well as a bigger guy, similar to his brother Romeo, who will also probably make some appearances on special teams. But I think all of the tools are there, plus theoretically the opportunity I think will be there for Julian Okwara to surprise some people as the season goes along. I don't think he's going to have double-digit sacks or anything crazy like that. That would be a little too bold of a prediction for me when it comes to him. But if he ended up getting five sacks this season and ended up getting somewhere in like the 40 to 45 tackle range at his position, maybe a little bit more, I think that would be a really good first year for him. And considering he's not getting talked about a lot at this point, I think in part because, again, he's still coming off of a major injury. He has dealt with some injuries during training camp that 
he's kind of gone unnoticed a little bit. But if the Lions are going to have any successful pass rush at all, I think it's going to come through Trey Flowers and through Julian Okwara. So to me, Julian Okwara, I think, will be the most surprising player this year. It would not shock me again if he had a stat line of somewhere between 40 and 50 tackles and somewhere, say, between five and six and a half sacks, which for a rookie... I don't think that will be all that bad considering where he'll be playing and he'll likely be playing in some sort of rotation throughout most of the season. The breakout player this year for the Lions that I see is tight end TJ Hawkinson. This is not a massive shock. Again, if you've listened to this podcast, I've always felt like Hawkinson was on pace for a second year breakout because first year tight ends are always a struggle or more often than not a struggle. He's looked very good in training camp. I think he's going to get a lot more red zone opportunities than he did last year. And then obviously he missed the last month of the season with that gruesome ankle injury. So I look at him and I say, again, I don't know if you're looking at a thousand yards for TJ Hawkinson. I think that that might be a bit much. But if you told me that TJ Hawkinson was going to have between six and 700 yards receiving and say seven and nine touchdowns, both of which I think are realistic in how they're going to probably use him this year, which is a lot of intermediate routes, definitely a bunch in the red zone. His hands look as good as they were last year before he got hurt. And he's going to probably even used even be used a little bit more as a blocker. Then I think that that would be a very good breakout second year for Hawkinson and really give him something to build on for year three when if every if it trends correctly, he could be potentially pushing for a Pro Bowl berth. He has that type of talent. It's just a matter of whether or not he gets there. And again, the big thing for him is going to be staying healthy, much as that was an issue last year. The best fantasy performer for the Lions, this is going to be, I think, an obvious one, and that's Kenny Galladay. You look at what Galladay did when he was playing with the not as impressive group of Jeff Driscoll and David Blau last season. He still was able to be a thousand yard receiver. He still led the NFL in touchdowns with 11. There's no reason to think that he won't again, as long as he stays healthy. And he also popped up on the injury report on Wednesday with a hamstring injury. And that's going to be one I really think you have to watch for just because hamstrings can be really fickle and it's not something that was noticeable during camp. So hopefully it's just a precautionary thing for him But as long as he's healthy, he should be on track for another 1,000-yard season, maybe even 10 touchdowns again or more. And it would not shock me if he really challenged some of Calvin Johnson's marks. Not the receiving yardage mark. That's a bit too lofty. But maybe getting the 16 touchdowns in a season, maybe getting to 100 catches, I think that those numbers are plausible for Kenny Galladay with maybe even fourteen to 1,500 yards if Matthew Stafford and Kenny Galladay play a whole season together because it's going to be difficult for teams to double him all of the time because of Hawkinson, because of Marvin Jones, who often goes under the radar but is still a very productive receiver, and because of slot guys like Danny Amendola and... DeAndre Swift out of the backfield and their run game. So I I think that the Lions have a lot of offensive weapons that can really make them difficult to contend with. And that could leave Galladay with a little bit more of single coverage than you would see with some other teams. And that could lead to big, big days for Kenny Galladay. 
Will the Lions have a thousand yard rusher? No, I don't think they will. I think they're going to go running back by committee. I think you're going to see a combination of four backs lead the Lions in rushing in a single game this season. I think you'll see Adrian Peterson, Kerryon Johnson, DeAndre Swift, and Ty Johnson all do that at some point this year. Some of that will be due to injuries. Some of that will be due to matchups. But that would be my guess is that you see four running backs lead them in a game in rushing. I think that you'll see a couple hundred-yard performances, maybe one or two from Peterson and one or two from Kerryon Johnson. I think when you look at DeAndre Swift, he might hit 100 yards all purpose a few different times, but a lot of that might come from receiving yards like it used to come from Theo Riddick. So I don't think they'll have a thousand yard rusher, but I do think they'll have a few hundred yard rushing games as they go along this season. Will they have a thousand yard receiver? Well, we talked about it already with Kenny Galladay. Yes, they will. Heck, I think they could even have two, and they've been on pace for that before with. Marvin Jones, and with Kenny Galladay. So I don't think it's out of their own possibility that they have 2,000-yard receivers. I think this offense is built where that could be a capability within the construct of it, but it will take both Galladay and Marvin Jones. Marvin Jones has struggled with injuries the last couple of years. Being healthy, and of course Stafford being healthy, because if Stafford is not healthy, then all bets are off with all of that. I still think they'd have a 1,000-yard receiver, but I don't think they could even get close to having Two. We'll be back right after this break with the rest of our Lions breakdown, and then we'll get into the NFL as well on our season preview edition of The Michael Rothstein Show. You've counted on restaurants, now they're counting on you. And while their dining rooms may be closed, they're still open for delivery with DoorDash. DoorDash is the app that brings you the food you're craving right to your door. Ordering is easy. Open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely outside your door with the new contactless delivery drop-off setting. Choose your favorite national restaurants like Chipotle, Wendy's, and the Cheesecake Factory. I'm hungry just thinking about that. Many of your favorite local restaurants are still open for delivery too. Just open the DoorDash app, select your favorite local spot, and your food is on its way. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter the code BLUEWIRE. Don't forget, that's code BLUEWIRE for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. And Sunday, Sunday, Sundays, they're coming back to the NFL. That's right, it's happening this Sunday, even Thursday, just a couple days away now. But with NFLSundayTicket.tv, you can stream every live out-of-market NFL game every Sunday afternoon on your favorite devices, plus Red Zone and DirecTV Fantasy Zone channels. Never miss your favorite team's and your favorite players. So if you're not in Detroit's market, for instance, and you are a Lions fan, check them out there because guess what? They've got Adrian Peterson now. So no matter where you live, NFLSundayTicket.tv is your key to the most glorious Sundays ever. Use the promo code BLUEWIRE at checkout to get 15% off your subscription. Visit NFLSundayTicket.tv and use promo code BLUEWIRE. And hey, if you are looking for a place to watch a game on Sunday, Check out Regents Field in Ann Arbor. They're back open now. They're open from Tuesday to Sunday. They're open and they've got live TVs. They've got outside seating where you can watch those TVs. You've got free ski ball, free darts, and even some free video games, including NBA Jam. So go check them out on South Main Street in Ann Arbor. And yeah, it's a fun time. Now, back to our show. 
So welcome back, and we're digging into the Lions as part of our season preview here as we were doing in the front half of the show. A few more categories to say before we get into the NFL in general. So what is my biggest concern for the Lions? Again, if you've listened to this show, you pretty much know where this is going to go. And it's the pass rush. Still don't know if it's completely there. Like I said, I believe Julian Aquara is going to surprise some people. But other than Flowers and to an extent Aquara, I just think there's a lot of holes there. The interior of the defensive line, you're banking a lot on Nick Williams repeating his six-sack or better performance with the Bears last year. That was the first time he ever really did that in his career. Danny Shelton's not going to give you much as a pass rusher. Kevin Strong's on your practice squad. John Penasini is more of a run stopper. Deshaun Hands limited in practice again, and he's somebody that can maybe give you something on the interior of the defensive line, but staying healthy has been a real problem for him over the last season and a half. So you look at it and you say, where... Where is that going to come from on the interior of the defensive line? I think they have some good edge rushers again in Flowers, in Julian Oquara. Romeo Oquara has shown some talent there. I think the Lions can maybe blitz from some other places as well, particularly with Jared Davis, with Jamie Collins. So I think that there are some options. Christian Jones might even get into it. Don't be surprised if you see the Lions be more aggressive as well and maybe blitz some corners and blitz some safeties. Didn't see that a ton last season, obviously, but I think that they have a little bit better personnel to do that. Maybe you see Tracy Walker or Will Harris blitz a little bit more because they have some more comfort in Deron Harmon in the back end. So all of that, though, is skeptical. I'm skeptical on every piece of it, and I still think they should have added another body or two, uh, try to add some veteran talent, but they just didn't do that. They, they're they rolling the dice, I think, because if Trey Flowers gets hurt, uh, that's a really, really uninspiring group. And you can say that about other positions too, but I think almost any other position on the team, you can say even probably except for quarterback – you can say, okay, they have an injury here. At least they have somebody comparable, and the drop-off isn't terrible. Now, again, Romeo Aquara is a good player. I think he's an above-average NFL player, but Trey Flowers is supposed to be one of the better edge-rushing defensive ends in the league, and you just don't really have anything beyond the two Aquaras and Trey Flowers. And that, to me, I think is a big, big worry and could be their downfall this year because if they can't get a good pass rush, and Trey Flowers talked about it a little bit on Wednesday that, you know, they can't have guys on the back end covering for six or seven seconds because it's just not going to work. And we saw that over and over again last year. That's part of why Darius Slay had what looked to be a down year. It's part of why almost every corner they had struggled, why safety struggled, why linebackers struggled, because they weren't getting anything out of their pass rush. And that caused so many problems defensively. And if they can't figure a way to get that better, whether it's through the front four or through blitzing more from other places, then I think that could be a long year for the defense, and that would be pretty problematic for their team's success. The biggest reason for optimism? 
would be the passing game. And Matthew Stafford, we talked a lot about him at the top of the show and how I think he ends up being the team MVP this year. I think he could end up having a Pro Bowl caliber season. But it is that passing game with the options and the weapons that they have that should give you optimism. This team should be able to score with any team on their schedule except maybe the Saints. Uh, just, But I think talent-level-wise, they can roll with a lot of these teams. Their receiving core is incredibly deep and very talented between Galladay and Marvin Jones and Amendola. And Jamal Agnew obviously has a ton of speed, and Marvin Hall is a speed guy as well. Their running back room, even though I expect it to be a running back by committee, as we talked about earlier, I think has the talent to at least be serviceable and passable and not have the Lions completely rely on Matthew Stafford to win games. This team is still going to go as Matthew Stafford goes. I don't think that there's any question about that offensively. And the way Stafford has played is why I think there's optimism there for how this offense can produce. And they seem really confident offensively just from listening to them speak player to player, player after player rather, there seems to be some real confidence there. And I would add into that as well, the left side of the offensive line should be pretty good as well. Taylor Decker has looked phenomenal during camp. Frank Ragnow, I think, could end up being a pro bowler this year at center. Joe Dahl has experience at left guard. That right side of the line, I think, has a bunch of questions with Jonah Jackson being a rookie and how Vitae really getting his first true playing time. So that could be... Uh, another area of concern that we were talking about, but that left side of the line should be able to really protect Matthew Stafford pretty well and ties into the reason for optimism being the pass, being the passing game on offense. So what's the X factor this season for the Lions? I think it's the newest Lion. I think it's Adrian Peterson. If Adrian Peterson can not conjure up Adrian Peterson of old, right? I, I don't think he's got that in him. But if he can give them 800, 900 yards and six, seven touchdowns, then I think that that's really good and that that makes this team a, a playoff team and, and possibly a pretty good team because I think it would give them that running balance that they haven't had in the past. And you still figure that on Johnson will get his yards and DeAndre Swift will get his yards out of the backfield as a receiver. So those guys both have options. But I think if you see Adrian Peterson really start to run well and look like he's got something left, which I don't know the answer to that question because we didn't see a preseason. And he did get cut from Washington in favor of some young, very unproven running backs, including J.D. McKissick, who was here last year as a gadget player and couldn't really break on the field. Now, some of that has to do with the Washington offensive scheme as to why he got released, but you keep good players. You know, I go back to, like, you hold on to good players, which we've talked about a lot when the Lions got rid of Darius Slay and Quandre Diggs, among others, that you hold on to your good players. That That is a red flag to me as far as what Adrian Peterson might have left. Now... I think the Lions are taking a chance, and I think that their track record with bringing in veteran running backs is not good between Garrett Blunt and C.J. Anderson and Stephen Ridley before him, before them. So that's a concern as well when it comes to Adrian Peterson. But if Adrian Peterson does show he still has some elusiveness, some 
power left. I think that that can really open up the offense for the Lions and also take a lot of pressure off of Carrion Johnson. It can allow DeAndre Swift to work in to the offense versus being thrust into a situation, and he's dealing with a hip injury now at the start of the season anyway. I like their chances if Adrian Peterson ends up being really good. If Adrian Peterson ends up being more on the LeGarrette Blunt, C.J. Anderson type of thing where they sign him and it's just, this is it for him and it just doesn't go anywhere, then I think that the Lions would have to move away from him pretty quick. And if they didn't, it would kind of go into that 2018 versus 2019 strategy where in 2018, they stuck with LeGarrette Blount way too long and it cost them. In 2019, they went away from C.J. Anderson very quickly and sure, they had injuries and they had other running back problems and they took a chance, but they eventually found Bo Scarborough, uh, who's now on IR, and Ty Johnson showed some flashes and I think that there was more potential there. So I like the Peterson signing from it's worth taking a shot on it, especially with the backfield you have and the questions you have. But if you're the Lions, you have to be willing to walk away quick if it's clear that it's not there anymore for Adrian Peterson. And that, to me, is the biggest X factor for the Lions this season beyond some of the concerns that we've talked about before. So how do I think it's all going to end up? Well, I'm not going to go game by game because I, I just feel like that's a futile exercise uh, at this point just because this season especially there's so much that are that's unknown um, and I, I just don't feel like there's any value in doing that. But I will give you an overall record prediction and that is 9-7. and seven. Uh, I think they're going to be a little bit better than average this year. I think that their their opening schedule is really difficult, but... I think that the way they close the season, again, another really hard stretch, but they're going to be at home a lot there. You could see them seeing teams that are beat up at this point. They get Tennessee at the end of the season. They get Tampa Bay at the end of the season. And we get in my NFL predictions, you'll see why maybe I'm not as high on Tampa Bay. And I think that they're going to be in it toward the end as far as the division goes. I think this is a very close division. I don't think that there's a team that is really head and shoulders above the rest I mean I still think Minnesota probably is the best roster but who knows what's going on here with Daniel Hunter who went on injured reserve now he's going to be out at least the first three weeks but if it ends up being something more serious that changes the entire tenor of the Minnesota defense and yeah I just look at it and I say you know what I think the Lions the Lions have a shot here they really do have a shot to win a division I know they're a trendy kind of like upset-ish pick, right? And I I get it. I get that they're like a trendy divisional pick, but I can understand where it's coming from, and I guess I'm buying into it a little bit. Um, So 9-7, and that's where I'm at, and I realize that if they go 5-11 and again, that's going to be bad on me, and I, I, I think I'll have learned my lesson at that point. Of, of kind of picking them to be able to do much of anything. All of that will, again, lead to, I think, one of the biggest questions, which is, will Bob Quinn and Matt Patricia be employed by the Lions in 2021? And based off of a 9-7 and seven prediction, I would say yes, I think they will be employed by the Lions in 2021. And 
we'll see what happens and we'll get into the division here in a couple of minutes when we go through the AFC and NFC preview. But I think overall, I think if they get to over 500, considering where they were last year, that would put them in competitive games in December, possibly through the majority of December, considering everything that happened this year and the fact that who knows what next offseason is going to look like, that I think if they get to above 500, you're probably going to see them both back. I even think if you get to 500, if you're the Lions, again, depending how that goes competitively, it would not shock me if you saw them back for 2021, especially if it looks like it's going to be another virtual offseason and lack of spring like we saw in 2020, because I just think that that's a dangerous time to be breaking in a completely new regime. And that's likely what you're going to be doing. But if it doesn't go well at all, and they're 5 and 11, 6 and 10, or worse, I think then you kind of, if you're Sheila Ford Hamp, your hands kind of force a little bit and saying, all right, it's time to start over. The one thing I feel confident in saying about Sheila Fordham is she's going to do her research and make the decision that she really believes is right. She's not going to be afraid to make what will be a difficult decision one way or the other when it comes down to it. I feel pretty confident about that based off of everything I've learned about Sheila Fordham over the last few months. So Lions covered. Let's dig into the NFL. We're going to do MVP. We're going to do divisional races, AFC Championship game, NFC Championship game, Super Bowl. So MVP, uh, and I think this is going to give away some stuff here toward the end, but we'll start here. Uh, I'm going to go with Russell Wilson. I thought he played extremely well last year. He's a veteran. He has a good cast around him. He's in a division that will get a lot of attention if he wins games. And there's no reason to think that he won't win games with the Seahawks because that's all they've done over the last few years, really what, the last half decade or so, when he's been the quarterback of the Seahawks. So I like what Russell Wilson has the capability of doing, and I think had Lamar Jackson not had one of the truly special years in NFL history last season, that Russell Wilson would have been the MVP last year. I don't know if if Lamar Jackson can repeat that. I think there's a lot going against him just from the fact that teams even know how to deal with him a little bit more. I know that the Madden curse may be dead, but he is on the cover of Madden and that at least is eye-opening a little bit to me. You know, people say that oh Mahomes you know got away from that, but Mahomes still did get hurt at some point last year. I also think that again, teams are going to be a little bit more prepared for Lamar Jackson. I think Lamar Jackson has a heck of a year. This year, I think Patrick Mahomes has a heck of a year this year. And I think you could see Michael Thomas and Drew Brees both maybe slip into that MVP race. But Russell Wilson, to me, I think is the guy that I feel pretty confident about saying I think he's going to have a really good year. I think he won't necessarily lead the league in passing or passing touchdowns or anything like that, but I think he'll be top five to top seven in every category. I think the Seahawks are going to maybe have the best record in the league in the regular season. That will give away kind of one of my predictions, but all of those things together will probably lead Russell Wilson to being named MVP here at the end of the year. So let's start in the AFC. AFC East, uh, I'm going to pick the New England Patriots, and 
that might be a surprise since the Tom Brady, Bill Belichick era is over. But I was really curious to see how Bill Belichick praised Cam Newton. You don't really hear that much from Bill Belichick. And I think Cam Newton has something to prove. I think Cam Newton still can be a very good quarterback in this league. I think he's the type of guy that at this point in his career, that change of scenery is going to be really good for him. And I think that he can make the Patriots not better necessarily than they were under Tom Brady, but I think that he can give them a different type of dimension than what Tom Brady was giving them the last couple of years. And I think he'll give that team in general a looser type of maybe dimension than what Brady had. They're very different personality-wise than, than I think we've seen. So I'm very curious to see how this plays out. But I look at the rest of that division. I think the Patriots maybe still have the best defense in that division. I think it's a two-team race. And then Miami's probably a year away from being really competitive. The Jets... I think are competing for maybe the number one or number two overall pick. I I don't know what's going on there. So then it's really the Patriots or the Bills. And I don't know, give me Cam Newton over Josh Allen, you know. And uh, I think that the Patriots defense is better than the Bills defense. The Bills offensive skill position players are likely a little bit better than the Patriots skill position players. But I'll take Bill Belichick and I'll take Cam Newton here. And I think that they're gonna. I think they're gonna both have something to prove. And Bill Belichick with something to prove, and Cam Newton with something to prove, could end up being a really scary proposition for other teams in the AFC. Going to the AFC North, I don't think this will be a big surprise considering how I was talking about Lamar Jackson earlier. I like the Ravens to win what is probably the toughest division in the NFL this season, or one of two, one of the two toughest divisions along with the NFC West. I think that the combination of Lamar Jackson and then Mark Ingram and JJ Dobbins and J.K. Dobbins and then Hollywood Brown as a receiver and Mark Andrews as a tight Andrews as a tight end. I like their positions on offense. I think their defense has a ton of talent and a ton of overall just potential all over the field. We saw that last year. The addition of Calais Campbell on the defensive line, I think, will really help. Derek Wolf has a ton of talent, too, and you look at their linebackers. Patrick Queen is going to have to do something here to, I think, solidify their defense a little bit. But they got Matthew Judon, who's shown he can be a really good pass rusher. You look at their corners between Marlon Humphrey and Marcus Peters and Jimmy Smith. I mean, that's a really difficult trio to have to deal with, potentially. So I I like what I see out of their defense, and I think their offense is going to be special and dynamic again as you've got Lamar Jackson back there and so much of what he can do, and they've got the running game to maybe take some attention off of him as well. So I like Baltimore to win a very difficult division, but I don't think that they'll get the number one seed in part because of of that division. I think that's a harder division to play in. But we'll get to that a little bit later. In the AFC South, I know people are going to be really high on Tennessee. I just don't see it. I think there's a lot of question marks there. And, you know, I'm not totally sold that Ryan Tannehill is going to be able to do it again. I like A.J. Brown. Obviously, Derrick Henry can do what he can do. But I think teams might stack the box even more. And at some point, you're going to run into some problems there. So I'm not in love with Tennessee. 
Jacksonville's probably the worst team in the league. Indianapolis, I'm sorry, I'm just not buying into a Phillip Rivers-led quarter- led team at this point at quarterback, just with his age and what he looked like with the Chargers. So that leaves Houston, and I think Houston's got a lot of talent. I think David Johnson, like we were talking about, something to prove. I think David Johnson has something to really prove, and if he can be healthy, I think he's going to be a great option for Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson's a guy that I think is maybe not getting quite enough attention for possibly being an MVP candidate. I think he's going to really show out tonight. I don't necessarily think they're going to beat the Chiefs here, but I think he's going to play really, really well. I think this could be a real breakout season, even more so for Deshaun Watson, even though he doesn't have DeAndre Hopkins anymore. Their defense still has really effective pass rush, and I like some of their other pieces there. But almost by default... I'm going to go with the Texans here because I just don't really like anyone else in that division. In the AFC West, it's tough to go against Kansas City. Again, I look at the division overall. Not sold on Vegas, although I'm curious to see what happens there on offense. Uh, I think Henry Ruggs can really maybe become the offensive rookie of the year, but uh, Josh Jacobs is really good. But, you know, how does he handle his sophomore year when maybe teams are paying more attention to him? Don't love their quarterback situation. The Chargers seem to be in kind of rebuild mode. I thought their defense could be good, but losing Derwin James for a while will definitely hurt them. I think they've got a good pass rush, but little else around there. Don't love their quarterback situation, and you could, that could be a situation where at some point during the season you could see a quarterback change. So uh, and then Denver, I mean, Denver's got some really interesting pieces. Uh, Von Miller being injured. I, I was considering maybe taking them for a, a playoff spot, maybe that third wild card team out of the out of the AFC. But losing Von Miller, he's such a heart soul of that defense, and there's questions about Bradley Chubb's health, I guess as well. Drew Locke, uh, we'll see. He's very unproven. I I just don't know. I, that there's too many questions on that Denver team right now that you can't really pick them to be a trendy upset pick. Kansas City's got a dynamic offense. Their defense looked pretty darn good. They're the defending Super Bowl champs. They get back to the playoffs by winning the AFC West this year. Looking at wild card teams now, I think it's pretty balanced. You're going to be looking maybe at, at different teams across the league. Like I said, two of the divisions I'm not sold on by any stretch of the imagination. So I think your wild card teams are going to come out of the AFC North and AFC East. I think the Steelers are going to be the, the first wild card team. Ben Roethlisberger's back. I think Juju Smith-Schuster's due for a rebound season. James Conner's pretty strong running back. So I like what they've got offensively. Defensively, you know, but Mike Tomlin's always going to have a pretty tough unit there. They just signed you know, uh, Cam Hayward to a massive deal. I think he could have a really strong season. So I just like the Steelers. I think that they're, again, in a good division and really they would win any win, I think, the AFC East or the AFC South this year if they were in those divisions. But Baltimore is just a bit better than them. The second wildcard team I've got is Buffalo. We talked about them a little bit when I was talking about the Patriots. I just I have a tough time betting with betting on Josh Allen versus Cam Newton and Bill Belichick. But I think that they do have a lot of talent. I think they can get into the playoffs. I think they can make some noise in the playoffs. You saw that a little bit last season. And maybe I'm wrong, but I just, I don't know. I I just don't love Josh Allen's quarterback accuracy and that 
is problematic enough for me to where I think they can be a wild card team, but I wouldn't pick them to win the division. But I do like their receiver core of John Brown and Stephon Diggs. I think that running back combination of Devin Singletary and Zach Moss could be problematic for teams, especially if they have to go to Buffalo late in the year. That's that's a combination that could really help them, especially if they have to go on the road, say, to New to a New England or to a Baltimore in a playoff game or maybe even a Kansas City where you can run the ball. So I like what the Bills have built. I just don't feel confident enough taking them to win the division. And the third wild card team I think might surprise some people. I'm going with the Cleveland Browns. I was high on them last year. That was an obvious miss. They have a new coaching staff, which scares me in a pandemic year. But I really like the talent around them. I think that they have a lot of good balance on offense between the combination of Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt in the run game. And they've got Odell Beckham and Jarvis Landry and uh, Austin Hooper and David Joku as pass catchers. Baker Mayfield is a ton of talent at quarterbacks. You look at all those pieces on offense at skill positions, and you just say, you know what, this team should be able to win eight games, and I think eight and eight can get you in to that third playoff spot. Defensively, they've got some real talent too with Miles Garrett and Denzel Ward. So you look at that and you say, all right, that pieces are there. They're going through a coaching switch again. You're going to another first-year young coach. Is he going to be able to get enough out of them? And I, I think he will, but I think it's also going to be the benefit of just two divisions being really, really bad other than the top teams, and that will get the Browns in as team number seven in the AFC. Looking at the AFC championship game, I've talked about why I think New England's going to be really good, and I think they're able to get to the AFC championship game, but... Lamar Jackson, I think, is learning every year. And you've seen it more so maybe in the NBA than in the NFL, but teams take steps. Year over year, they take steps. You saw it with the Pistons. You saw it with the Bulls back in the, 80, you know, back in the 80s and early 90s. And I look at this and I say, this is a team ready to take another step. And to me, that step is maybe getting to a Super Bowl. And I think that the Ravens would potentially go on the road to win the AFC Championship game. And that's, again, a little bit maybe a bold prediction, but not the Ravens, but them having to do it on the road. But I think that that team is too talented. I think they've got too many options. Again, they can run the ball in a cold-weather situation, whether that will be in Kansas City or in New England, if either one of those teams hosted the AFC title game, if Baltimore did not. And that, to me, is is the difference maker. And I think, again, their defense is good enough and they have the coaching. The coaching's been there before. So give me the Ravens to win the AFC. Moving over to the NFC now. Start in the NFC East where I think it's a two-team race. The Giants are, they could potentially be a spoiler, but again, I think like Miami, they're probably a year away. Washington is just not going to be a good football team. They, they kind of fit in that Jets-Jacksonville territory as just probably building for next year. Although I like some of their pieces, Chase Young, Terry McLaurin, just not there. So it comes down to the Cowboys and the Eagles. And here's what I like about Dallas and why I'm picking Dallas to win the division. I think that defensively, they've got a good amount of talent. And I don't think anyone will question that. Offensively, that receiving core might be one of the top two in the league. 
when you look at it between Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup and CeeDee Lamb, that, that's a really tough group. And I think CeeDee Lamb, as we're talking about Henry Ruggs maybe being Offensive Rookie of the Year, if it's not him, it might be CeeDee Lamb. So I like that. I think Dak Prescott is going to take another step. I was kicking around him as maybe MVP. Uh, I think he's going to put up monster numbers this year. And then, of course, they've got Ezekiel Elliott. And as long as Ezekiel Elliott's healthy, he could end up winning the rushing title. So find me a team that's going to be able to to stop that offense. And I just don't know if there is one, especially in what is a weak division. So I'm going with them over Philly. I think Philly's got just a few more questions on their team overall than Dallas does. So Give me Dallas over Philly, maybe by a couple of games. Uh, I think Dallas can go something like maybe twelve and four or eleven and five. I think they have that much talent and really, really make a a run at it here, at least winning the division. Go next to the NFC South, and this looks on paper like it's going to be a really competitive division. Like three of the four teams should end up being theoretically pretty good on paper. I'm not sold on this division. I think Atlanta has a lot of holes, and I just don't know exactly what you're going to get out of them. And I am not in, and this is going to give away some of the wild card stuff, but I am not in the I think Tampa Bay is going to be good camp. I I just am not sold on that. I think Tom Brady will still potentially have a good year. I like so much of what they have on offense. I think their defense is okay. I just... I don't know. I'm just not sold on it. I think you're putting a lot on a Tom Brady that didn't look super great last year, that looked like he struggled a little bit here and there. And I'm not sold on Gronk coming back. I'm sorry. I just I don't buy it. The guy was hurt so much toward the end of his career in New England. Even if he's healthy at the start of the year, I just don't know if I see it by the end of the year. Mike Evans has had some injury issues. I love Chris Godwin. I think he's going to be a breakout star this year. Could end up being like a top three or four receiver. But I just I just don't see it for Tampa Bay. I think that a lot of people are really high on the hype with them. But you're still putting a new quarter. As good as Tom Brady is, he's still in a new system. And I'm sorry, I just don't see it. For the Bucks this year, uh, I think they're going to be competitive, but I think they're going to just hover around 500. So what does that leave you with? That leaves you with the Saints. And I think the Saints are going to be extremely good this year. I think they're going to be extremely talented this year. I think Alvin Kamara is going to have something to prove a little bit. I think Drew Brees, saw him come out and say, I think it was today, that you know he knows that he's running out of time. And I think that's going to be... a massive motivator for a guy that just hasn't gotten to as many Super Bowls or has won as many Super Bowls as some of his contemporaries, including Tom Brady. I think he's going to really take that to heart in those two games that they play each other in. Uh, It wouldn't shock me if you see Drew Brees be really special in those two games. I think that'll be must-see television. Michael Thomas is the best receiver in the game. And I think he could have a really, really special season. I don't think he will break Calvin Johnson's receiving yards, Mark, but I think he's really going to threaten it. He might be the closest threat that's been really since Julio Jones a half decade ago. I think he's going to really push to the point where we're probably tracking it at some point this season on the podcast. And defensively, listen, they've got a ton of great pieces, right? Cam Jordan, Marcus Lattimore. 
I do wonder a little bit about Janoris Jenkins, and I do worry a little bit about Malcolm Jenkins, who's getting up there in age, but I just love some of their pieces on defense. I think that defensive line is really talented. Uh, I do like Demario Davis at linebacker as well, and yeah, overall, I just think that this team is also built that they can withstand injuries better than some other teams. Notably, look at their quarterback situation. They've got three quarterbacks I feel that they are probably confident in. If they need to be, their receivers beyond Michael Thomas. You've got Emmanuel Sanders, who's just shown he can still just play. Jared Cook's going to be, I think, a sneaky good fantasy tight end, and it's just going to catch potentially a lot of balls. The running backs besides Kamara, we'll see, but Latavius Murray can play a little bit, and we've seen that Dwayne Washington has some talent, but he's more of a special teams guy anyway. So, yeah, I just really like what the Saints have overall on their roster. I think it's just really deep and really talented. Going to the NFC West, I think this is the toughest division in football, a little bit tougher than the AFC North. I can see any of these four teams winning the division. I can see any of these four teams making the playoffs, but... Considering who I picked as my MVP, I think you know where I'm going with this. And that is with the Seahawks. Just their offense has, again, a ton of talent. It starts with Russell Wilson, but it goes to Tyler Lockett. It goes to Chris Carson. And it's just one of those offenses that no matter who you put in it, it seems like it just kind of works. And they're able to just get the most out of them. Now, I think there's some questions at running back beyond Chris Carson, which is a little bit of a concern. But beyond that, you look at this offense, and again, Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf has a chance to really break out here, I think. I'm not sold on Greg Olson, by the way, at tight end. I just think he's a little bit up there in years. Obviously, he was kicking around maybe you know, maybe walking away. And sure, I know he does the TU1 podcast for us, and it's a great podcast. You should check it out. But... I'm really intrigued by Will Disley, and I think he's shown some real potential there in the past. So I like a lot of what they have on offense. And then defense, you know, listen, they still have a great linebacker core in Bruce Irvin, Bobby Wagner, K.J. Wright. Their corners are really good. They traded for Jamal Adams. We all know what Quandre Diggs can do. That secondary might be one of the better secondaries in the NFL. Uh, The question will be if they can get enough out of their pass rush. I think that they can, and we'll see what happens. Alton Robinson could be a guy to watch, I think, in Seattle. I I know that the Lions were pretty impressed with him at the Senior Bowl. It's just something to kick around maybe as a rookie if you're looking for a guy that could come out of nowhere. So that brings us to the NFC North, and I've purposely kind of dragged this out a little bit to get you to listen. It's a tough division in that I think all four teams are flawed, which we've talked about. Chicago's offense is a giant question. We'll get into that tomorrow with Jeff Dickerson. Green Bay, I still don't know who they're throwing the ball to, and I do wonder if their defense is going to have a little bit of a comeback from last year. Minnesota, I think, has a ton of new pieces, and I think the injury to Daniil Hunter, if it's of any seriousness, really hampers their pass rush. Uh, And... Just kind of, I don't know, I think that Minnesota is the best best roster on paper, but I just have some concerns. And obviously the Lions, we've talked at length about their pass rush issues. I think that they've got some questions all over their defense, but I really like their offense. So I can't believe I'm going to do this. 
Uh, I've really gone back and forth on it. It was my bold prediction in my season preview, and I'm going to make it here as well. I think the Lions are going to win the division. I think they're going to win the division at 9-7 and seven off of a tiebreak with Minnesota. And I think that's going to come because I think they're going to sweep the Bears, and I think they're going to sweep... Uh, yeah, I think they're going to sweep the Packers potentially, and that will that will get them enough in the division to to get there and, and to get that that tiebreak over the Vikings. But uh, man, I, I don't know. It, it's really tough. Like I've gone back and forth. Even even as I'm talking about it now, I I still feel really weird not taking the Vikings because I've been really high on them. I had them for a while as like a sneaky Super Bowl contender. And I still think they can absolutely be that. I think they're the top wild card team, so that'll blend into that. But I'm just gonna take this weird this year. 2020 has been so weird that just I think weird things are gonna happen, and and it would seem fitting that the Lions in a year where they couldn't have fans might win the division. I don't know. I'm not saying they're gonna win a playoff game. Uh, don't get me wrong there. I, I think that's a different level. But I'm gonna pick the Lions to win the division, uh, and then. Minnesota is the top wild card team, and you could see the two of the two of them face off. I think in that first round of playoffs, and you know we'll see if fans are able to come back at that point. But I like the Vikings a lot. It would not shock me if the Vikings end up winning the division at all. Um, like I said, I could have been being very very wrong on the Lions, and uh, if you can't hear the hesitancy in my voice, well, you should know I don't feel great and super comfortable about that pick. Like that's just a a bold prediction that I'm making here, but I'm not a comfortable prediction. Absolutely not. So I like the Vikings. We touched on them already. My second wild card team is the Arizona Cardinals. I think this is a team that if they were in any other division except the NFC West, I think they could win that division. Maybe even a little bit over the NFC South, although I really like New Orleans a lot. I love their offensive pieces. I think they have some real potential on defense to be way better than they were. Well, let's start a little bit on their offense. I mean, Kyler Murray, I think, has the chance to maybe have a Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes-type leap in his second year in the NFL. I think you started to see flashes of that. I really like so much of their offense from Kenyon Drake as a running back and what they could potentially be there to an incredibly deep receiver core. DeAndre Hopkins is going to potentially feast in this offense. Christian Kirk is a really good kind of slot type receiver. If he's got to go outside, outside type receiver, we all know what Larry Fitzgerald can do. He's kind of very much like Adrian Peterson, where even as he gets up there in age, he's still able to produce. And for some reason, Fitzgerald can't. I like the potential of Andy Isabella. I have for a while. I think his speed is something that's kind of unmatched in a lot of ways, and he can cause a lot of problems for you breaking down the field. Don't love tight ends there, but I don't think you need to have a great tight end in this offense. I think their offensive line is good enough. But you look at defensively what they've got. They've got Chandler Jones still, and he can you know, cause havoc on defenses uh, or on opposing offenses. I really like Isaiah Simmons a lot, and I think he's going to be a chess piece that they move around in there defense and they've got Devon Kennard but moreover I think part of why this team will end up making the playoffs is that secondary Patrick Peterson still one of the better corners in the game Drake Drake Kirkpatrick can play a little bit 
Buda Baker is a great safety, and Jalen Thompson's pretty darn good as well. So you look at that and say, okay, uh, on the strength of that defense, I'm going to go with them as the second wild card team. And as the third wild card team, I went back and forth on this, but I'm going with Philadelphia. I think that they have an easier schedule. I think they'll have an easier road. I just can't take three teams from the NFC West just because I think they're all going to beat each other up so much. And yes, I realize that means taking San Francisco out of the equation here. But, you know, look at how Super Bowl losers, especially Super Bowl losers that aren't perennial teams, have fared the following year. And it doesn't always look good. It doesn't always go well. And that, to me, is a major concern in a difficult division. And I just, I like so much about San Francisco's team. I just can't. I just I think it's just such a tough conference, right, that I just couldn't really get there. And I like a lot of the pieces the Eagles have. I think Carson Wentz is going to play a full season. Uh, I like what they've got at running back. I really like what they've got at receiver, especially if Jalen Rieger can get back. And they've got, you know, guys like Deshaun Jackson and guys like Alshon Jeffrey. Like, they, they have some real talent there. Obviously, Zach Ertz, we all know what he can do at tight end. Their defense has been really good in a lot of ways the last couple of years they added Darius Slay and I think Darius Slay is going to have a really good season this year I think he he wants to really show that it was you know not just Detroit and that he's a better player than he was last year when he was dealing with you know six and seven second coverage times and man defense so I like a lot of what Philly has and I think they end up making the playoffs and taking that third playoff spot In the NFC Championship game, I think you'll probably know where I'm going here. Taking the Seattle Seahawks to beat the New Orleans Saints, I think it ends up being a close game. I think Seattle ends up as a top seed in the NFC, and that ends up being the difference for the Saints having to go up there, play in some cold weather. But I think it'll be a close game, and it'll be a really fun NFC Championship game. And then in the Super Bowl, give me Russell Wilson, man. Uh, that that's the way I'm going. Give me Seattle over Baltimore. I think that Pete Carroll would have a good scheme to handle Lamar Jackson. And I, I just, again, I talked about steps, right? And every, every team has those steps. And I think Baltimore is probably just not ready to take that last step quite yet. And you even saw that out of Patrick Mahomes a little bit. Like it took a little while and you've seen it from different teams, right? Uh, it just... I think that the Seahawks have enough experience. Russell Wilson's been there before. Pete Carroll's been there before. Not that John Harbaugh hasn't. He certainly has. But I like the talent the Seahawks have a little bit more. And I think that the defense, especially that linebacking core, will be able to handle Lamar Jackson maybe better than some other teams in the NFL are able to based off of their talent. So give me the Seahawks in what I think will be a very close competitive Super Bowl that would probably come down to Russell Wilson having to lead a game-winning drive at the end. So that's my NFL predictions. Those are my Detroit Lions predictions. It's been a long show, longer than I usually just talk without a guest. So thank you all for listening. Really appreciate it. You can follow me on Twitter and on Instagram at Mike Rothstein. You can follow me on Facebook at Michael Rothstein Journalist. We'll give you our Bears preview tomorrow with Jeff Dickerson. And so stick around for that. As always, please download, subscribe to this podcast. Give us a five-star review if you'd be so kind. And with that, we will talk with you tomorrow. 
The wait is over. Football is back. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online today. And get, take advantage of all of the great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use the promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts.